I received my first paying job at age 10. I got paid 20 bucks. It was a check, and I had never received a check before, so I didn't know how to deposit it. So I asked my dad, hey, can you help me figure out a way to get actual money out of this check? He said, sure, hop in the truck, we'll go to the bank. And so he took me down there, and, and he showed me how to endorse it and how to approach the teller and what to say. And, and he told me something that he said, Bruce, you may not understand this, but I want you to get this 20 bucks in 110, 15, and five ones. Now, did that add up to 20? Thank goodness. I, I've, I'm not very good in math. In fact, I've always believed there are three kinds of people, those who are good in math and those who aren't. But I'm not very good at math. So anyway, I got this cash, and we got to the truck, and we went home, and Dad said, listen, I want to tell you why we didn't get a $20 bill. He said, um, it's really important that you take $2 out of the 20, which is 10%, and that you give it to God by taking it to church this Sunday and putting it in the offering plate when it passes by. I said, great, I'll do it. I'm, I get to keep 18 bucks, right? He said, yeah, just do whatever you want with the 18 bucks. I said, well, man, I, I, I'm happy to give to God. See, I, I was a 10-year-old boy with childlike faith and loved God like crazy. And so I did. And I began my tithing journey at age 10 and I tithed ever since until I was in my 20s. Ruthie and I were married. We were in our 20s. And I decided, hey, I think we probably should take a break from tithing for a while. Because we're really trying to establish our home. We're trying to establish. We just need the money. We cannot afford to tithe anymore. Now, that was hard to convince my wife to agree to because she grew up in a home that taught her to tithe all of her life, and she had been doing so. And, um, but I finally convinced her, so we quit tithing for six months. During those six months, we had more things break down. We had more financial problems and more financial surprises than either of us had experienced in the previous six years. So we, we sat down and said, let's talk about tithing again. <laughs> and we looked in the Bible, and so we decided to tithe. By the way, many of you tithe and give offerings, and I just want to say thank you, and I want to say I'm proud of you, and I want to tell you you're the most generous church I've ever served in. In fact, in the month of December... If you look at all the giving that was given to Sugar Creek, that includes the ministry budget, which some people refer to as the general fund or general budget. Add to that the reach campaign dollars that are going toward uh, building, a, building out a campus in Richmond-Rosenberg and expanding the campus in Missouri City, plus the missions dollars, you gave right at $3 million in one month. That is unbelievable.
unbelievable. I'm super proud of you. I want to celebrate that today. Now let's talk about these two tables. First of all, this fruit was on this table, and these tables represent the fruit of your labor, which in our modern day, it's a paycheck. That's the fruit of our labor. I took 10% of the fruit from this table, which represents the fruit of your labor, and I moved it to this table because I wanted to make a point that God gives us 90% to live on, but it's important to him that we honor him with 10%. Now, let me, let me put you at ease right now. You don't have to tithe if you don't want to. There's no pressure from me. There's no manipulation from me. You do not have to tithe if you don't want to, and I mean it. So please relax about it. However, I would like you to consider some of the things I'm gonna show you from the Bible today. Now, I wanna tell you something about that fruit. The Bible calls it first fruits. God wants us to take 10% of our gross right off the top, and before we spend anything else, we move it over here. It's our first fruits to God. God doesn't want us to keep everything over here and spend it as we need it, and then at the end of the month, if there's anything left, we give him the leftovers. That's not God's idea. God wants us to give out of the first fruits. Also, to give more than tithing, I'm sorry, to give more than 10% is more than tithing, and to give less than 10% is less than tithing. The word tithe means 10%. It meant it in the Bible, and it still means it in our current day. The word tithe means a tenth part. Now, let me share some benefits of tithing with you. If you're taking notes, this is point number one. Tithing brings supernatural protection over my income and financial life. The Bible says in Malachi 3, verse 10 and 11, bring the whole tithe. Note the word whole. We'll talk about it later. But God doesn't want us to bring a partial tithe. God wants us to bring the whole tithe. Why would God have even put the word whole in this verse? because he knew that his children that he was writing this to at the time were gonna look for excuses to keep as much as they could and to just do a partial tithe. So God's warning against that. He says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. By the way, let's talk about the storehouse. In the Old Testament, the storehouse was located in the temple and the temple was the place people went to worship. In the New Testament, people go to worship at their local church. And if I had time to deal with it, which I don't, I could show you how the New Testament church is the storehouse equivalent of the Old Testament temple that was the storehouse in the Old Testament. Now, let me uh, continue with this verse. If you bring the whole tithe to the storehouse, test me, Test me, says the Lord Almighty. Here's what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil. Watch this. 
if we take 10% of this and we put it over here, God is gonna provide supernatural protection over this. That's what Ruthie and I experienced. We had been tithing all our lives. We didn't know what non-tithing would do. So we did the kind of the reverse tithing test. Hey, what's gonna happen if we stop? Well, we discovered that more of our, the fruit of our labors was going away fast through unsuspecting problems financially that we had never experienced before. So we experienced that supernatural protection. However, I wanna stop right now and I wanna make sure you know that I'm not a prosperity gospel preacher. I uh, saw a prosperity gospel preacher on television in late December and they were kind of playing on the new year and how it's year 2020. And they said, if you will give 2020, which is 2020, $2,020 to my ministry before the end of December, I will promise you that God will return that to you during 2020 tenfold. Now that's how prosperity preachers work. Here's what prosperity preachers believe. They believe that if you give to their ministry, God is going to give you a whole lot more. Listen, God's gonna give you money. He's gonna give you more money than you gave and he's gonna do it in 2020. Now that's how a prosperity preacher would approach this, but I'm not a prosperity preacher. I never have been, I never will be. And so if you hear anything in this message that sounds like prosperity preaching, know that it's not, and I want you to come and approach me about it and I'll help to, to settle that. But I don't think you're gonna find anything in here that is prosperity preaching. Pastor Mark heard the message last, the last service, and he said it was right on. So, you know, Mark, if I were prosperity preaching, he would have kicked me out and said, I'm gonna preach that third service. So, but anyway, I also wanna share this. Even when you're tithing, it's possible to experience some financial bumps along the road. Now that doesn't negate the protection of this, but it feels like it. It feels like it. Ruthie and I have gone through multiple financial bumps over our marriage that were painful. One of them was devastating. And I couldn't sense that God was blessing us at that time. I couldn't sense that God was protecting this at that time. And it was, it was so hard the feeling I had was that God had abandoned me. The feeling I had was that he didn't protect my salary, didn't bless me. And though my feelings were not true, God really was blessing me. I just didn't know how at that time. When I look back now, years ago that happened, and I now see that financial bump in the road that was devastating was actually a blessing. I just couldn't see it at the time. 
because God used that financial bump to redirect me and my wife in another direction that would enable us to reach more people for Jesus than had we not had the financial bump. Not only that, but the financial bump caused me to go into certain uh, businesses and churches and to serve in those capacities. And God taught me skills in those areas that I didn't, I didn't have, but I left them and I had the skills. These are things I was weak at that now I'm good at. So now I have my great personality. Come on. I don't know that it really is great, but that's been more of my strength. But now I also know how to do other things that make me a better pastor than had I not experienced the bump in the road. I just want to acknowledge sometimes you can have a bump in your financial road even if you're tithing, but you can count on it. God is going to use all things work together for good to those who love God and are uh, according uh, to his purposes. And you can believe that. It's really amazing. Number two, tithing blesses me. Now, I wrote that in the first person. I want you to write it in the first person because from your perspective, he's blessing you. From my perspective, he's blessing me. The generous person will be blessed, Proverbs 22, 9. The generous person will prosper, Proverbs 11:25. Good will come to the person who is generous, Psalm 1, verse 12. There is more happiness in giving than in receiving, Acts 20, verse 35. Some of you, now did I say all of you or some of you? Some, good, we're on the same page. Some of you would be making twice as much money today had you been tithing for the last year. Here's how I know this. I used to teach financial freedom seminars all across the country. I've spoken in over 500 churches, including Pastor Mark's former church in Council Road Baptist in Oklahoma City. That's where we met and that's where the relationship began that ended up bringing me here. But I was speaking in churches all over the country on financial freedom, and there was a tithing section in that seminar. So I began to hear back from people who attended the seminar and had implemented the uh, system. There was an insurance agent that called me and said, I started tithing and God doubled my salary. There was a commercial real estate agent that called me and said, I started tithing and God doubled my salary. There was a small business owner that called me and said, I started tithing and God has doubled my salary this year. Every one of these, God did it in one year. I received a call from a guy who worked for a newspaper in Beaumont, Texas, saying I started tithing and God doubled my salary. Now, do you know what bothers me about these stories? God hasn't doubled my salary. <laughs> and I think I know why. God wants me to be careful how I share this truth. God does not promise to double your salary. He does promise to bless you somehow for your generosity and giving and returning the tithe. And his blessings that are not financial in nature are even better 
than his blessings that are financial in nature. Oh, church, don't misunderstand me. And Lord, please don't misunderstand me. I'm open to financial blessings. I am. But I don't demand them. And I don't give to get, I give to give. And that's an important motivation. And you're gonna see in a moment when you have that motivation, what God will do. Number three, tithing helps me always to keep God first in our lives. That's what Deuteronomy 14, 23 says. So whatever you want God to bless, you need to make him first in that area. If you want God to bless your finances, you need to make God first in your financial life. Now, we live in a society that is filled with money distractions. Advertising and marketing come into our lives, and we see things that we would like to have. We want to buy them. However, our list of things we want to buy is generally bigger than our paycheck. So the only way that I know we can keep God first in that type of a society is to honor him with the tithe right off the top. It will help us to always keep God first in our lives. Matthew 6, 21 says, your heart will always pursue what you value with your treasure. What do you value with your treasure? Whatever it is, you can be sure your heart's gonna pursue that. So if we honor God with 10%, our heart's gonna pursue God. It's an amazing thing how our, our hearts follow where we place our money commitments. And the Bible teaches this. Number four, tithing builds my faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Remember the word faith. Because anyone who comes to him must believe. Remember the words must believe. Because faith and must believe are the same thing. It's just an emphasis. God's emphasizing it to say, you gotta get this down. You can't please me without faith. You can't please me without believing in something. And here's what he says we must believe. We must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. We see here there's faith linked to rewards. Well, that's not just taught in the Old Testament. That's taught right here in the New Testament. That's Hebrews eleven six. Now, Malachi 3, verse 10 says, try it, referring to tithing. Try it, let me prove it to you. I recently placed a post on my Facebook page, and it said this. What is the best giving sermon, or I think I said, what is the best tithing sermon you've ever heard, who preached it, and from what church? And I got a lot of responses, and about half of them were from this church. So thanks for the replies. One of the replies I got was from my high school basketball coach. Now, I graduated in 1980, 
So you can guess at my age and see how long that is, but it's a few years. But here's what my high school basketball coach said. You won't believe this, but I didn't learn tithing from a preacher or a church. He said, I learned it from my wife. She said we needed to tithe, and I said we couldn't afford to tithe. I was happy giving my $5 every month. Finally, she looked at me in the eye and said, you choose what verses in the Bible you want to believe and obey and which ones you don't want to believe and obey. So to prove her wrong, this is not the best motivation for tithing. So to prove her wrong, I tithed the next month to show her it was impossible for us to tithe. To my surprise, we actually had money left over at the end of the month, which was not normally the case for them. He said, I knew somehow there must be a mistake. That just can't be true. So, let me find where I am here. Okay, so I tithed again the next month with the same result, money at the end of the month. We have been tithing ever since. Do you see in him there was a fear of tithing? Which is part of the whole purpose of tithing, is to help you overcome fear and move into faith, and then to see what God does and then it strengthens your faith because you see God come through for you in ways you may have never experienced before. Malachi 3, verse 7 and 8 says, Ever since the time of your ancestors. Now, God is speaking to his children, and he's saying, Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and not kept them. These are, these are a people who are far from God. Now, God is about to instruct them on how to get close to God. So here it goes. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how shall we return? Here's these people over here. Here's God over here saying, come on back to me, and I'll, I'll come to you. I'll return when you return. But you ask, how shall we return? God says, will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me because you ask. They said, but you ask, how are we robbing you? And God said, in tithes and offerings. God gave the path to move from far from God to close to God, and it was to return to him tithes and offerings. This passage is about personal revival. This passage is about coming close to God. It's about being connected to God. It's about having an intimate relationship with God that will be the joy of your life. There are so many spiritual benefits to tithing as well as 
some financial benefits to tithing, either through the protection of this or through additional blessings that he pours out on you so richly that you won't even be able to contain them. That's also from Malachi 3. Right now I wanna show you an amazing video, and so if you'll turn your attention to the screens. My name is Kayla Johnson and my journey with tithing began um, almost four years ago now. I um, wasn't a regular tither. I would give here and there when I could. When I started to attend services at Sugar Creek, um, we had a sermon from Pastor Bruce about tithing and it struck home for me. So um, I began to give the full 10% back to the church the time it was a really hard adjustment for me just because I'm a single mom um, there isn't there wasn't a lot of room for me to be able to give that full 10%. The fear that I felt I knew it wasn't from God because I know that God doesn't give us a spirit of fear but he gives us the spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. So um, I held tightly to that and it was a big challenge for me to go from you know, keeping that money and putting it, whether it was in groceries or bills or for Brielle to be able to attend before and after school programs. But um, I watched God eventually start to really open doors in my life, um, not just financially, but in relationship in my life as well. Um, there, I had a lot of toxic relationships in my life and um, I've seen a lot of that be stripped away from me and not to say that it was stripped away in a bad or a negative connotation, but I've seen so much blessing on the other side of that. The doors that God has opened for me financially have enabled me to give to other people. So on top of the tithe and bringing the full 10% back to God, I've had the opportunity to bless people around me, um, family, complete strangers, from somebody who is willing to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. It brings me such joy just to know that, you know, I relate my life to the woman with the jars and the oil. You know, if you will just keep pouring into other people around you, then you'll see what God will do in your life. I know that those blessings aren't always gonna come in a financial form. You know, God blesses us in ways that we could never even imagine. It's amazing to know, you know, He is the potter and we are the clay. We will just continue to allow Him to mold us bring us to Him each and every day, then He will um, pour into us blessings that we can never even imagine. I think it's important to keep that at the forefront as well. I always go back to, you know, there's one scripture in the Bible where God says, test me, and that scripture is in Malachi 3.10. He says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse and test me in this and see if I do not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out blessings that are so immense that we don't even have the room to receive them. And I feel like that has been such a truth and God has been so faithful in that in my life that um, I could never even thank Him enough for what He's done for me. Kayla Johnson attends the 11 o'clock service at Sugar Creek Baptist Church every week. She sits right there. Kayla, would you stand and wave to the crowd?
Very moving testimony. Thank you for being vulnerable and sharing. She's one of those who went from not tithing to a tither. And she even mentioned the fear that she felt, but that she knew it wasn't from God. Do you know that every person that I know who's a non-tither, when they move to being a tither, it's scary. And God knew it would be scary. And he said, that's why I want you to test me and try me because what you're going to discover is when I ask you to do something scary, I'm going to come through and protect you, do things for you that are going to bless you much more than what you have set aside for me. Now, I want to deal with some frequently asked questions. The first one is, why must the tithe go to the local church and not other kingdom endeavors? The reason we should not designate our tithe, whether it's to Sugar Creek Missions or Sugar Creek, some, some special account, the reason we shouldn't designate it even to outside sources like Living Water International and Second Mile, which our church budget already supports very generously. But the reason is because the tithe does not belong to you or me. Leviticus 27.30 says, the tithe belongs to the Lord. Another version says, the tithe is mine, thus saith the Lord. Now, people do want to designate money, and I understand why. They want to keep controlling of it. <coughs> they want to control the money. But tithing is about releasing money and not controlling money and trusting God with it. And I have to tell you, Sugar Creek Baptist Church has such amazing accountability uh, in place through the finance committee and other committees to where they watch what comes in every month, hours of multiple uh, meetings with multiple hours. They watch what goes out and they keep this staff accountable. We have a third party full complete audit every year and our staff is held accountable. I've never been in a church with such a great accountability system. This, you would be so proud of how the money is handled at this church. No pastor knows who gives. We don't want to know who gives. And nobody else knows either except maybe one or two people in our finance office. That's all. And it's... Honestly, I give more confidently to this church than any church where I have ever served. The tithe does belong to the Lord. The Bible goes on to say in Leviticus 27 that it must be set apart. So I could have done everything on one table today, but I decided I was going to take 10% and set it apart on an entirely different table because that's the Bible idea. The first thing you want to do with money is to set 10% apart. Listen to what the scripture goes on to say. Because this tithe is holy to God. Now, I don't know about you, 
but I don't want to spend money in my pile, my paycheck, that is holy to God. It's consecrated to God. It's dedicated to God. It is sacred to God. So we are to take that which is already his and give it over here, um, set apart as holy unto the Lord, and this goes, as we've talked, to the local church in the New Testament age. Um, It was the temple in the Old Testament age. The Bible says, I'm going to share some New Testament things with you that are so important. Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. Jesus said that, and he's saying right there, pay your taxes, but he's also saying, give unto God what belongs to God. He's acknowledging in the New Testament something still belongs to God. Well, what is that? It's 10% of our gross income to the ministry fund, not designated, to the ministry fund of the church that is your home church. Jesus says in Matthew 23, 23, he commends the Pharisees for tithing in the New Testament. He said something like this, hey guys, you're neglecting to do some some super important things, but at least you've done one thing right. You have tithed, and this you should do. Why should I tithe on the gross versus the net? Well, first of all, the Bible says bring the whole tithe. He doesn't say bring partial tithe. When you get paid, you're going to have net income because your taxes that go to the government has already been subtracted out. Now, they subtracted out what they took based upon your gross salary. And really, we want to honor the Lord out of our gross salary. It's the same number the government uses. It's a part of what you actually earned. Now, some people just don't like paying taxes. If I asked for a show of hands, probably everybody would raise hands. <laughs> but, but let me tell you something. Just because the government takes some of this doesn't give us freedom to not give that. Now, if you're really upset with our government, it's fine to move to another country. But it's not fine to rob from God because you're uncomfortable or dislike our government. Nonprofitsource.com does surveys of evangelical church churches and their attenders, members, and givers. And they say that seven out of ten tithers tithe off the gross, not the net. Now, why would the majority of tithers tithe off the gross instead of the net? It's because they really get this truth. The tithe is mine, thus saith the Lord. It is not ours. We are not to control it. We are to release it. Did you know that the Bible never asks you to give a tithe? Never. 
It doesn't ask you to give 10% ever. Here's what the Bible says. Return the tithe. Or bring the tithe. But it never says give the tithe. The reason is because you can't give something that's not yours. You can only return it or bring it. The tithe really is God's. It really is. It belongs to him. If I have a business and pay myself from the business, what do I tithe on? My business profit or the income I take home from the business? Okay, let's imagine there's another table down here. And on this table is stacked real high 10 times what's on this table. This is your business income. You likely, I hope you do, take part of your business income and pay yourself a check so that you can cover mortgage, cars, utilities, all the expenses of life. So whatever the gross income is that your business pays you, you would want to tithe off the gross of that unto the Lord. However, watch this. If your business shows a profit, then you would want to also tithe out of the profit from the business. The reason for this is because Proverbs 3 verse 9 says, Honor the Lord out of all that the Lord has prospered you, not out of just some of what the Lord has prospered you. You, of course, would want God's protection over your business just as much as you would for your income. Now, if you have a business that shows a loss, you do not tithe on the business. You would tithe, though, on whatever you paid yourself to be able to stay alive. House payment, car payment, whatever, whatever that amounts to, then you would tithe on that. Can I tithe my time and talents through serving instead of tithing from my income? Well, the Bible says serving is great. In fact, it's part of our discipleship strategy, which is worship, connect, serve, serve, and then share. Serving is beautiful. Jesus set the model for us on being servants. However, every time the Bible talks about the tithe, it is connected to the first fruits of our labor. So serving is not a substitute for tithing 10% of your gross income. Now it is something that I would encourage you to do in addition to tithing, but it is not a substitute. I know some people who, they wanted to take their tithe and give it, they wanted to start a special ministry with it. Well the problem with that is the tithe isn't theirs. You can't choose to start a special ministry out of the tithe. Now, if you give more than 10% out of here, you've entered the offering zone. If you want to start a new ministry out of this, go for it. But only after this has come set apart as holy unto the Lord. What is the easiest way to get started tithing? If you would look at your envelope, Open it up. You'll see at the bottom there's four ways to give at Sugar Creek. You can give in any of those ways, but I want to encourage you to do what my wife and I do. 
we set up a recurring giving schedule. Now, when you go into the app or any of the other options for giving, you'll notice that you can give a one-time gift or you can set up a recurring gift. Well, we set up a recurring gift. I get paid on the 1st and the 15th, so we set up a recurring gift on the 1st and the 15th that's 10% of our gross income. It is automatically transferred to Sugar Creek Baptist Church. Not only does this help us to stay faithful and consistent, but it helps the church because there are times of the year that the church experiences financial slumps, such as the summer. And so what sometimes happens is people are gone for the summer, so when they're gone, they don't tithe. When they get back, they do, but it creates a financial slump. But if you're on recurring giving, you can be gone for a month in the summer, and you will still, your giving will take place without you even thinking about it. And it helps the church's budget to be more stable, to where we can understand, hey, can we fulfill these ministries or do we need to cut back? So it's a benefit to your church and it's also a benefit to you. Would you bow your heads? My question is, what is the Lord asking you to do today? Would you just contemplate that for a moment? I would encourage you to try it and see what the Lord does. If there's fear, ask God to replace it with faith. Heavenly Father, would you help this church to know how much you love them how much I love them, and how much we want the best for them. Lord, this message is not about getting enough money to reach a budget. This message is about helping people to not miss out on a blessing. And would you bless everyone here in Jesus' name, amen.